Nintendo Stuff. Welcome to Nintendo Stuff. My name is Brandon Miracle. This is episode 75. I'm joined by my friends Logan and Paul and very special guest, a friend of mine and a friend of yours, Steve Bowling of Good Vibes Gaming. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. This is uh this has been a long time coming, honestly. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I, I have to ask this, though, just now realizing how you did that intro. Do you always say Logan first and then Paul for that YouTube money? Uh, no. <laughs> this has come to mind, but no. <laughs> it takes him an extra second to remember my name, so... You should just you should just create like even the though Logan you Paul even though Brandon's known him like a heck of a lot longer. I've known you for like twenty one years. <laughs> wow. Paul and I met in kindergarten. For those of you who don't know, uh, unfortunately for me, I don't remember us meeting in kindergarten. But Paul, and you does. know what? I still love you anyway. Yes, I'm, I'm glad because uh, you know if I were in your shoes, I probably would have been offended. It only hurts a little. <laughs> Uh, so, if you are uh, a frequent member of Nintendo stuff in the Breakroom Arcade, you might be wondering where we've been for the last couple months. And the biggest thing I can say to that is this Being pandemic forklift sucks. Certified. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but mostly, this I pandemic sucks. <laughs> I think we've done like maybe two, three podcasts since the pandemic started. And me and Brandon were talking the other day about how it's like, wait a minute. We could be doing this remotely like we used to do before we were doing it in person. Why haven't we done it? <laughs> we did a couple with Animal Crossing, but that yeah, we did. says how long ago it's been since we've done one of these. It's, uh, you know, it's just, it's taken a toll on me mentally, but I'm glad that we're here and doing it now. Uh, especially if you're subscribed to the channel and you saw that video we uploaded yesterday uh, of the Fire Emblem 30th Anniversary video. Uh, or thir 30th anniversary edition, I'm sorry. You'll see it behind Logan, and you'll see mine somewhere back that way. And mine's uh, somewhere so in here. <laughs> so if you haven't checked it out, make sure you do that. Um, and Steve, before we get started, why don't you let people know all about you? Wow. So, I mean, I like long walks on the beach. and Oh, Ooh. sorry, about my work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you might know me from a little channel called Game Explain. I was there for a while. Uh, I've written features on IGN, Kotaku. I co-hosted Kind of Funny. If you like bad opinions on good games, you've probably read something I've written before. Uh, I also did <laughs> the Nintendo Life thing for a while. Um, but currently, you can find me at Good Vibes Gaming, as Brandon mentioned. Um, which I'm going to spare you our YouTube URL because we don't have a custom one yet because we're not that cool. Uh, so we are at good-vibes-gaming.com. However, if you'd like to keep up with all our behind-the-scenes antics and listen to me screw up on every single thing I do, you can find me over at patreon.com slash gvgaming. Throw us a buck, throw us five bucks. I don't care. I love you anyway. Uh, but that's where you'll find all the cool stuff that I stay up late at night thinking about and asking Brandon to conceptualize and create for me. Uh, so uh, if you're wondering why there hasn't been a podcast, it's because I am constantly bothering Brandon at about one in the morning. It's okay. Uh, he so keeps me up at night too. Tired. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll just wake up to a, an at Marrow Leaf. I got a question for you. Yeah. And I'm hey, like... I, it's, it's always either yo or I've got, hey, I have a question for you. And it always leads into like some some spiraling series of questions. And I feel so bad for Brandon, but he's always so gracious about helping us out. And so I, I truly appreciate it. Today's news tonight 
my primary show would be super ugly without Brandon's help. <laughs> it would still be a navy blue background with a with an outdated logo. So I, I super, super appreciate all you've done for us. And I'm sure other other large YouTubers like Rogers Base and Game Explain appreciate all the help you've you've uh, given them as well. Yeah, it's a uh, you know, it's it's funny for me because like <clears throat> a year and a half ago, I would have considered myself like the farthest from the outside uh, of like this industry. But like I, I look at myself now, especially over the course of this year, and I've gotten so invested in so many different places. Um, at the beginning of the year, I started working with Roger. Uh, it's funny, like we met up in Chicago over brunch and he just like offhandedly mentioned, hey, I want you to be my editor. And I was like, oh, sure, <laughs> I will do that for you. Um, and then <laughs> then after that, a couple months later, I received a message from Andre out of the blue to uh, help with the Game Explained 10th anniversary video. And then um, I can't remember when you first contacted me, Steve. I think it was shortly after I started doing stuff with Roger. I just got that first message about, hey, do you know how to do this stuff? And I was yeah. like, yeah, so I do. <laughs> my, my history with Brandon is that we met at a Game Explain meetup at E3 2019. And I tried to Paul be was like, there really... too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's I was right. Awkwardly like lingering in the background. It's what I'm good I, at. My, so I hate, <laughs> I hate to say it, but when you're, when you're like at a meetup, you know, and you're, and you're just talking to tons of people, it is really hard for specific interactions to kind of stick in your mind. Like I remember meeting, uh, I want to say Chris Niozzi because he was a voice actor who then like shortly thereafter became embroiled in controversy about all kinds of bad stuff. And I was like, oh, there's a selfie with me. <laughs> like there, We have a picture together and I should probably Oof. explain that. Um, and then there was this uh, kid who runs a channel called Zeno Gamer and he was very shy and asked me to autograph something for him, which I felt really, really good about. And then there was Brandon. And I don't remember how we ended up getting into this situation, but I basically demanded he draw something on Andre's badge. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> I was like, and that was like the sticking point. But I remember, you know, Brandon and I were talking and I kind of got the feel that he was good at this video making stuff. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, Boy, man, I he. should probably probably because I'm completely self-taught and it totally shows. Uh, so I have uh, leaned on Brandon for help with like roadblocks I run against numerous times he has he has saved my bacon on on a ton of occasions and if you like most of my better performing videos brandon probably had something to do with all of them <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i do want to mention that like uh being self-taught isn't necessarily like a bad thing because the very first time i made a video i didn't have any idea what i was doing and everyone it starts somewhere yeah and it persisted that way for like six years before i got into college and really you know started figuring out how all this stuff works and i'm assuming the same could be said for you logan and and paul yep. uh, what for like just our respective arts i guess yeah. yeah yeah more or less i mean i think i didn't really do a whole lot of audio stuff before i got to college though i do remember in high school uh diving into some daw stuff in in like a technology class so yeah, I should mention, there. Steve, whenever you ask me a question about audio, sometimes I go, hey, Logan, I have a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to know it, it It continues along a path, you know? It's like a lazy yeah. river I, of... So my policy with any, anything is is make yourself redundant, right? Is 
um, I I have certain skill sets, right? And my goal is to make sure that everybody who's involved in the things that I'm involved with can also understand that. Now, they might not understand just to my degree or whatever, but it like, for example, Brandon knows stuff about audio because I was like, hey, this is how this works, right? And so he has some basic understanding and that makes him a better creator too because all of a sudden, like, the audio for his projects that I'm not involved with are just, you know, a little little bit better, you know? So make yourself redundant, especially, like, as an organization, because it just makes things so much easier overall. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is, that is, uh, Brandon has taught me a lot about audio. I mean, I, I kind of like muddled my way through the audio engineering subreddit to find things I should <laughs> buy. I was like, and of course, like that was a nightmare. But now I have, I've told Brandon all about all the shit that I bought. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are, are PG 13 or rated R. We, to... we try to keep cussing to a minimum, but it, right. it has gotten out all from of, time to all time. All of the cool stuff. That, that I have purchased. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking into my ridiculously expensive SM7B and I bought a DAC and I used to be on like an AT2020 USB mic. It was fun. And then... I mean, that's uh, what we're all using is just AT2020. Well, yeah, but you guys are USB in like version. carpeted rooms and you have things. I so And these are all XLR too. When I, when I started USB. out, yeah, I was on an AT2020 USB and... I was in a in an apartment with completely bare floors and nothing in the room except a couch and a television. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, wow, this doesn't work. And I ended up having to like move my my recording stuff into my closet because I went down this like deep, deep rabbit hole. I was not prepared to do YouTube content. I was, you know, until I joined Game Explain, I just wrote. Like I wrote for Nintendo Life. I didn't make videos and you know, they they brought me on and I was like, okay, this should be simple. Just grab a microphone and read your script that you already wrote. You're good at the writing thing. And I was like, this sounds like I'm in a gas station bathroom. <laughs> and I, I, I went to the, you know, the GX guys to ask them because I bought all the things they told me to buy. And they were like, we don't know. <laughs> and, uh, so I ended up like watching, there's this YouTube channel that I, that I went to, to kind of start to learn it called Booth Junkie. With this guy, I want to say he's Scott Delgadio, which I thought was funny. I'm like, ah, booth junkie, and your last name has audio in it. But <laughs> I, and he was like, hey, if you don't have a recording booth, just go into your closet. All your clothes will minimize reflections. And I was like, now I know my first audio term. <laughs> it's called reflections, <laughs> and it's not looking in a mirror. And, uh, I, I went from there and now I own like I've told Brandon like I bought like a Sennheiser MKH two four six or two six something mic that was like a thousand dollars. It's just sitting in a closet because I don't know what the hell to do with it. Um, I got this. To thing be fair, I tried to talk you out of it for a second. I was yeah. like, you could probably go a little lower than that. And I was like, no, I want to use what I they use on the television. Power. I'm going to be a star. Um, maybe someday I'll use it. <laughs> but expect a quest a question by proxy through me by way of Brandon at some point about setting that thing up because I will have <laughs> questions. Um, well, anyway, if, I've if, prattled on way too long. If we ever get out of pandemic mode, maybe there's a chance where I could just show you how to do it without yeah. having to <laughs> do it over the internet. I I desperately want someday. My hope is that GVG today's news tonight. I will eventually somehow uh, someday have the ability 
both, you know, to safely host a, a in-person podcast like what you guys do, uh, you know, when the world isn't crumbling and in flames. Like, I, I have that dream of just three or four people sitting at a table, bantering back and forth, and have it just completely on camera. You know, I, that's the dream. Uh, and I've, you know, it was funny. When I first met Brandon and I was deciding whether or not he was a person that I should really, like, drag into the chaos that is my professional circle, <laughs> I, I watched your guys' podcast. And I was like, holy crap. Like, this is really good stuff. You know, Game Explained could learn from this. And I was I, I started just advocating. I've advocated for Brandon ever since. I'm like, hey, you know, this is – you guys do – incredible stuff here like you are severely underrated as a channel at you know 1.7 thousand subscribers like if you're one of my people and you're watching go subscribe right now thank you <laughs> I, for rounding I would appreciate up it if you did <laughs> yeah hey totally fine but i mean i i no, totally uh, respect the amount of expertise that goes into the cure creation of of your guys's content we really appreciate that too because one of the things that we set out to do when we started um, really hammering down on Breakroom Arcade is uh, we we were watching a lot of YouTube channels, especially me. I you know I <laughs> I basically live on YouTube for most of my day, uh, and I saw a lot of what of my you know my favorite creators were doing, and I was like, I hate to say it, but I can do better than that. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we put a lot of that time and effort into just making this look and sound as good as possible. As well as you know, adding some some personal flavor and touch, uh, as you would do, um, and I'm glad that it shows because <laughs> it means we're it doing something does. right. Um, yeah. So uh, to get into the main body of today's show, uh, we're looking back at Nintendo's 2020 Ooh. year, and uh, I, I'm not gonna really uh, sugarcoat this. It's not. It's not that great when you really look back at it. <laughs> um, so we're just going to go release by release uh, through 2020, talk about some of these games, and uh, you just kind of reflect on uh, how they fit into our lives, if we've played them, just general stuff like that. And right at the top on January 3rd of 2020, Dr. Kawashima's brain training launched for Nintendo Switch. And i got to be completely honest with you, and Steve, I think you mentioned this before the show, I forgot that this game came out. Yeah. So I was thinking about when we were, because one, it came out in Europe a long time before this. Like Did I remember it? we were, <laughs> we were wondering when the hell it was going to come out in the States. Cause I think John had it for a while. And I think they did a promotion where there was a stylus you could pick up like a switch stylus for this game. Um, or maybe I'm thinking Japan. I'm, or wait, I'm I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. It never came out here. <laughs> we forgot because it didn't come out. I'm looking at the release oh. dates right now. It came out okay. in Europe in January. It's still not here. <laughs> it it just so, never came out in the West. We're number yeah. one at being last. Apparently. Are we supposed I mean, to get it? <laughs> to be fair, I mean, you could look at the current state of affairs in America and be like, yeah, they need something stronger than training for those brains over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Kawashima is uh, not enough. Yeah, <laughs> they they need a real medical doctor at this point. America needs an MRI. So uh, while this game didn't come out here, I I can't remember who, but I someone I follow on Twitter did not seem too keen on this specific release in the Bearing Training series. I don't know if you have any 
input on that or I have or if you've even played. touched it. I, I haven't, uh, which explains a lot as to why I didn't know it was not out in America yet. Um, I do have a European account, but again, this is one of those things where I've played a lot of the other brain training games, and I was like, do I want to play this with anything but a stylus? Like, I can't yeah. imagine wanting to use touch controls or anything else. Like, give me give me a pen and I'll, I'll play it. But for whatever reason, Nintendo decided not to bring it out here, and I'm kind of okay with that. I, I think that that ship has kind of sailed for me. I'm as smart or as dumb as I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Yeah, there's no room for improvement in my brain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking it on to our next release in January, uh, January 17th, is Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore. I never played this on Wii U, and I have to say, I still haven't played this game. Oh, man, you're missing out. Have, have any of the rest of you played it? I bought Sadly, it, no. And it's just on and the I show. call my, I call myself a Fire Emblem fan, of course. Um, uh, I might debate on the video you on that. last night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I have touched three houses. I just it's a very okay. slow process. Oh, no. As long as you've touched it, because I want to say the last time we did a podcast, you just hadn't played it. No, no, I actually played it the other day. It hasn't okay. been more than a week since I've touched it. It's just like things get in the way or like I spend I I said this on the video that we uploaded, you know, yesterday is that like I played for like an hour and it was just in the sanctuary, right? And then after that I was like, okay, I feel like doing something else. <laughs> Not that like it wasn't the game. It's like my brain just being like, okay, time to go on to the next thing. So Paul, you've bought it. You, did you buy it on Wii U? Yeah, I bought it years ago with a uh, fidget spinner that was Flash themed. And then uh, <laughs> okay, it's collecting as much dust, dust as the fidget spinner. Did you end up buying the Switch version? My wife wouldn't let me. <laughs> I asked. But she's like, if you have it on Wii U, then don't buy it again. Don't play it on Wii U. That's what I'm telling myself, but... This game, I didn't finish it on the Switch, but I've played it twice on okay. uh, Wii U. So I bought the Japanese version, and then as one of my first ever, like, first-party Nintendo reviews, I got, I got uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Damn, this game is good. Like, you guys are severely missing out. I... I know that it is, it's got that weird kind of like, it feels like Persona Light more than Fire Emblem, to be honest. That might appeal to me because I've tried Persona 5 and it's just a little too heavy handed for me. I, I'm right there with you. So I have two versions of Persona 5 now. Um, so do I. <laughs> which, which are just Same. gathering dust. I've never gotten, I, I think I beat like the first uh, palace. Is that what they're called? Palaces in Persona yeah, 5? That's actually yeah, where I'm at in Royal right now. Yeah, I beat so the first got there twice. And I was, I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't, this isn't for me. Like, Persona 5 is a game that just does not respect the player's time at all. They're You're like, telling yeah. me. I was at 80 hours, and I'm like, okay, I have to be almost done. I was not almost done. 140 hours. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. See, when I hear that number, I'm like, yeah, no. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to make it. And I've I've tried up multiple times to pick up Persona 5. Uh, I think Tokyo Mirage Sessions scratches that itch, but lets you wrap the whole thing up in like 35 good hours. 
which you're selling me and I already own it. it. <laughs> it's it's the perfect RPG length. I'm telling you for it is the perfect RPG length for someone with a job. Like if you if you have other responsibilities, we might have a show about that. Then yeah, there you go. So I it, it's perfect. So I, I think you should absolutely play this. And it was one of those ones that I was waiting for before I mothballed my Wii U forever. So I am I am happy it's on the Switch. And, and for, you know it also has some quality of life improvements like if you really just want to crit path the hell out of this thing you can grind out levels in uh, the switch version super fast and just experience the story at like light speed so definitely try it definitely definitely dig into it it's absolutely worth it and is probably looking at this list one of the best uh first party games nintendo released this year well uh, you basically sold me uh because, I, I mean, I love Fire Emblem, and I'm one of those New Age fans who got on the train because of Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, and thankfully, this game, as far as I know, has a lot of Fire Emblem Awakening persona in it, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, the main character has Krom. Yeah. Uh, and I like, see, I like the aesthetic and the whole uh, design of Persona, like the flashiness, the... The, the color schemes, the, the kind of leaning into the anime, but also this is actually Shibuya Crossing kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> so it might be time to finally give this a shot. Absolutely, it's, man. I, I think you'll come away from it pretty pleased. Have me back on when you're done with it. Okay. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> nice. Uh, moving on, we got Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. Uh, that came out on March 6th. I love the original Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. I had Blue Rescue Team on Nintendo DS, and I think I completed that game. Not just finished. I think I did everything I possibly wow. could have done. Uh, there was something about that game that was just pure magic to me. Uh, and I <laughs> I turned into a Mudkip on the DS version back when I first bought it. Uh, and I didn't like Mudkip back then. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little bit miffed, but I'm one of those people that's like, you know, this is what I turned into. I'm going to live with it and, you know, maybe some maybe some romance will bloom, you know. Uh, now I love Mudkip, as it turns out, because I had a whole, like, 30, 40-hour adventure with it. Uh, when I started Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX uh, on the demo version that came out before the game did, I did the quiz, and lo and behold, I turned into a Mudkip. Again. <laughs> so apparently I, didn't, I haven't changed much in 10, 15 years. It's your spirit Pokemon. Apparently it is. Um, Paul, you did you also play the original Mystery Dungeon? I think you did. Yeah, I don't think I... I don't think I did as much as you did. I think I probably played, played it for like 15, 20 hours and then I set it down. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was one of those petty people that didn't get the Pokemon they wanted, so I just kept redoing the quiz until I got which one I wanted. Luckily, I think they let you choose now if you want to do that instead. Um, has anyone else here played the remake? I played the demo, and then I was like, "That was fun," but I don't like. I'm not not really drawn towards it. I don't feel like I'm going to dedicate the the financial resources to acquiring a copy. I meant That's to buy fair. it back in March, and now it's December, and I still haven't. So. I was going to buy it, too. I ended up not doing that, uh, but my wife did. And as far as I know, she has played through the game all over again. She also played the original uh, on Nintendo DS. Um, and I think this is a fine remake, but 
Pokemon Mystery Dungeon has had a lot of ups and downs in terms of uh, quality, and I don't think it's ever been better than the original. So, like, if you're looking for a quality Mystery Dungeon game, I think this is a good place to start. Uh, but maybe don't dig too much deeper into the franchise after that, because there's <laughs> there's not a lot of good good entries in this series. Um, moving on to a good game, or like a, a more wow, globally good okay. game. <laughs> Uh, is Good Job that came out on March 26th of this year. Uh, Steve, I know that you like this game a lot. Oh, my God. This is... So, I mean, you guys know I, I work a traditional 9 to 5. And this came right as uh, the pandemic was really ramping up and companies were starting to send people home. Yeah. And the catharsis of just trashing an office is... <laughs> so good in this game and and the fact that you know i mean this speaks deep into my soul as somebody who like you know has spent decades literally working in office scenarios and just there's always some bumbling idiot coworker who gets everything wrong and nobody likes but somehow holds on to their job and you know there there's always like the people saying like oh it must be related to one of the higher ups or or have dirt on <laughs> on someone important and just to get to take on the role of that person in, in this exaggerated, stupid, like, you know, it's it's just a silly game. And the way Nintendo dropped this, the art style, all of it just works so well. And I remember the first time, like, I launched a copier through a wall into a bullpen full of, you know, just crap and seeing everything shatter. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the stuff. <laughs> this is my stuff right here. I, I love this game. Um, I will still occasionally, like, even though I've, I beat it forever ago, I'll, I'll put it back on. Uh, me and my friend uh, Nick will play it, drink a couple beers, and just wreck things. And so I, I'm so into this game. It's uh, I was kind of hoping that Stretchers would would be similar, but eh, you know this this one's really really good. I I I love games that are just stupid for the sake of being stupid, and this is absolutely one of those. Yeah, this game kind of hits on all cylinders for me. Uh, I love the art direction. It kind of reminds me of those isometric. Uh, little cutscenes from Portal that would show oh, you yeah. like how the machinery and stuff would work. Uh, so that initially drew me to it, and then in that first trailer, just watching all the office supplies going everywhere, you know, <laughs> having uh, your coworker sitting in the spinning chairs and just dragging him around all over the place. Uh, <laughs> it's really cute. It's really fun. I haven't finished it, but I've played through a little over half of it. I think. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's just it's fun just to break stuff. And that's what the game lets you do. Uh, you'll have set missions on each floor, but even after you beat them, I think the game gives you the option just to keep yep. screwing around if you want to. Essentially. Uh, so this game knows its audience. <laughs> I don't think it clicked in my brain that this was a Nintendo-published game. Like, I know they had featured it in, like, some presentations and whatnot, and I liked its vibe, but it did not hit me that it was Nintendo-published. Uh, though they have been good about like publishing like some of these smaller titles uh, from like third party studios like in the past few years. Absolutely. I, I really love that they don't go for like the the big name, like serious, quote unquote, indie titles, you know, that they're always these small, goofy, like fun little, you know, lighthearted projects. Like I love that Nintendo highlights those because it, there is something like, you know, the older I get, the more I focus on games like Cyberpunk, Assassin's Creed. Like, 
things that, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm mature now and I must think about myself when I play these games. Uh, no, man, sometimes I just want to <laughs> turn my adult. brain off and have mindless fun. And and these are uh, games like Good Job are perfect for that. I, I love a good game that doesn't take itself seriously and just makes me laugh while I play it. And there are so few of those. So so this is way high on my list this year. Yeah, I think this was even the case for uh, Snipper Clips, wasn't it? Yep. Snipper Clips and... was an indie title that Nintendo published right alongside the Switch. And it was, again, I had so much fun playing that, like with my friends when the Switch came out. I was shocked at how good it was. And I attended in January, like Nintendo held a Switch preview event in Manhattan. And they had like Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and 1 2 Switch with all these big, like fancy E3 style presentations. And then there was just a little podium with Snipper Clips and no one was playing it and i i ran up there real quick to try it and it was a blast i ended up spending like 20 minutes of the hour or two that i was allowed in there just playing snipper clips and i was like wow this is really great like i know i'm gonna love all these other games but um snipper clips is absolutely a standout in the switch library that is way underrated these days i still need to pick up a physical of that just because they deserve it there's also uh the plus dlc which added quite a bit more content so like if you've played snipper clips and haven't gone back in a while there should be more puzzles there for you uh moving forward to may 29th probably one of the bigger releases this year is xenoblade chronicles definitive edition that i am ashamed to say that i have only put like 10 hours into (laughs) you're Uh, doing more than me yeah same the so uh, go ahead um I've actually put about 30 hours into Xenoblade wow. Chronicles when it came out on the Wii, right? Uh, I remember my brother and I, it just, you know, we saw this game that came out and Nintendo published it. And we're like, what the heck is it? didn't get like any like fanfare or whatever, uh, but we picked it up because it was so highly rated and uh, played a good, good chunk of it. And the game just feels good. I love the battle system in this game and whatnot. Um and I, I still very much intend to pick up the definitive edition. Uh, probably next time it's on like sale or whatever. I love getting games on sale. Um, but yeah, next time like it's on sale, getting this one. And I, I am determined. I am determined to actually finish it. Uh, I think the campaign's anywhere from like 70 to 80 hours. Uh, it, it's a JRPG. It's going to be hefty. That's why um, I haven't played it yet right there. yeah yeah <laughs> it's so much easier to go into a game knowing it's going to be 10 15 hours and that you're just going to be done with it and you're like amazing like it's it's over uh and then you get some of these jrpgs like i started um dragon quest 11 s uh which you know went up on game pass the other day and i'm like oh no i know it's gonna be like so many hours but i know it's gonna be worth it i just know it so if you don't finish trekking. that game, you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Dragon Quest words. 11 is the closest I've had to a religious experience in like 20 years. <laughs> wow, man. I, I really need to play Dragon Quest 11 and Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm going to be the first to admit that I just hate the design of Shulk. I don't like how he looks at all. (laughs) And it makes it that much harder for me to play a game when I just dislike the character I'm looking at for most of it. Um, 
I, I should that, try it. I picked it up on Wii forever and ever and ever ago. I was and about to say, picking it up on Wii might be why you hate the way Shulk looks, because let's be honest. He's ugly. The, He's it, ugly that game on is, Wii. The, well, the Wii version now. is ugly. <laughs> How do you feel about him in Smash? Uh, you know, I, I don't find him offensive in Smash, <laughs> but he's also not, like, he's not a character I play, so I don't see him a lot. Um, but, but, like, I, he, I, he shows up on screen, you don't, like, throw up or, like, turn away and, like... I definitely don't get annoyed by him. Let me put it that way. I think that's probably the best way for me to describe it. I don't get annoyed by his design in Smash. Like, there are characters that I just get annoyed by looking at. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I will say Shulk is not one of them in Smash. So maybe I should give it a shot. I really like Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Me so too. So I should at least probably try this. But then there is the fear of the time commitment, right? Like, if I get into it, now suddenly I'm on the hook for dozens of hours. And I'm already playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, which I'm trying to finish. I'm playing whatever the hell comes across my inbox these days. And Cyberpunk, hopefully, soon. <laughs> so I'm I'm terrified to try to play another game knowing that I'm just going to put it down and, and have to work on another game. Um, that being said, man, Cyberpunk is five days away. <laughs> so I'm probably not picking up anything until until then. That's that's well, it, I've I've been anticipating that for far too long. It's it's especially difficult to like with a game like Xenoblade Chronicles, because like if you set that game down and then you don't come back to it for even a couple weeks sometimes it's just hard to come back because there's a fear of like, I don't know what I was doing. I don't remember what was yep. happening and I want this experience to be complete in my mind. That's what happened uh, with me in two. It hit me hard earlier playing Dragon Quest Eleven S because I got back into the game and it gave me a recap and like, I hadn't played any of it. So it wasn't like a huge issue, but it still like hit me and I'm like, even if I come back after a while, They'll remind me exactly what just happened. And that's like a feature that needs to be in every RPG ever. It really does. <laughs> yeah. You you know what's interesting? That feature, as far as I can tell, probably happened somewhere else before. But Fantasy Star 4 for the Sega Genesis had that. And as a kid who like had to go to school and, and pretend that I wanted, you know, pretend that I wanted to do other things other than play Fantasy Star 4. Yeah, I was super grateful for it because I was also and, and here's. Here's a uh, admission that I have made nowhere else in my life. I was uh, secretly maintaining a save file that was ahead of my brothers who owned the game and then trying to have conversations with him as though I was not further in the game than him. <laughs> so like, and then I, I remember he got so mad at me um, because at one point I accidentally like let loose a spoiler i was like oh you know oh, well, no. when you get this sword on this planet and he's like what the fuck are you talking about that's sorry he's like what are you talking about that's not a real thing and i was like yeah uh, of course prank. not i must have read that on game facts <laughs> and he he soon caught on but fortunately i had just beaten the game and then he nuked my save out of anger oh man oh, my god i would have been devastated <laughs> yeah i had just beaten the game so i was like whatever man I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally not through it yet. I'll watch the ending with you. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, long story short, I love the talk feature or the, or the recap feature in game. Every game needs to have that, by the way. Yeah, Every single absolutely. game needs to have that. Steal it. Use it. I don't care. I 
As an adult who has things to do, I appreciate it so much when a game reminds me where the hell I was at. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's been six months because I have responsibilities. So it's an accessibility I, feature. Like when you really break it down, adult accessibility. Because <laughs> yeah. you know what? I, mean, I still have to jump too. back into Dragon Quest 2, and I'm ready now. Ooh. <laughs> That too, but I mean, Brandon does make a great point. There are people who, you know, are, are memory impaired or, or have, right. you know, issues with, with recalling things. Um, and it would be great to be able to include this as just like a, hey, do you want to remember what you did last time? Because some people, you know, a day goes by and, and it becomes difficult. I mean, let alone, you know, normal, you know, able-bodied functioning adults who just don't have time. There's also people who just have issues with this. So right. it would be great to just have this become an industry standard practice. Also, it's probably not super hard. <laughs> I can't imagine it would be. And in the case of Dragon Quest, like, it's it's just a splash screen, and I think it reads back to you what you did yeah. or what recently happened. It shouldn't be yep. that difficult. You, you know what I really want, though, if we're being completely honest about this feature? I want every single game ever made to use both the music and the narrator from Dragon Ball to tell me what happened. Oh my gosh, yes. I want the, I want the <laughs> trumpety music, the and just like a, a really deep voice old Japanese guy telling me what happened in the last episode. Uh, well, I have unfortunate news for you then, <laughs> because uh -oh. he passed away at the beginning of the year. Listen, no. if they can make a hologram of Kim Kardashian's dad, <laughs> they can they can get me a, a Dragon Ball narrator. Bryce Armstrong also voiced one of my favorite characters in all of Dragon Ball, being Captain Ginyu. Uh, I just love him because he's such a freak of nature. He's so ugly. He's got two horns coming out of his head. I thought you were talking about Bryce Armstrong. <laughs> oh, no, I'm talking about Captain Ginyu. <laughs> Rest in peace, Bryce Armstrong. You are a legend. Um... Moving on, uh, Clubhouse Games, 51 Worldwide Classics. I actually helped you uh, on a video for yes, this, Steve. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, so, like I said, one of my more viewed videos. Ooh. And uh, um, not to toot my own horn, but that video also looks really nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was one of the first videos I ever did using my GH5, which I'm shooting into now, as an mm -hmm. overhead camera. So I bought like an overhead rig just to like do some of the uh, handheld mode stuff or the touchscreen stuff. And mm -hmm. it is a really cool looking video. Um, I also got to play this with the freaking treehouse, which was really neat. Yeah. Um, my, that was one of my favorite things, like getting to actually like we hopped on Zoom, you know, and we were we were just like playing, playing against each other. Uh, and, and I held my own. We tied with the treehouse. But um, it was a surprising uh, hit in my house. Like I, I thought clubhouse games would just kind of pass by, you know, like, Oh, whatever. Nintendo needs to fill a slot in their 2020 calendar and we're all bored. Um, <laughs> but one of the last things my wife and I did before lockdown was we went out to like eat pizza and play pool together and, and shoot, you know, throw darts and stuff like that. We went to a bar and we, we basically just had like a bar, a bar date, you know, like we got bar pizza and had some beers and, you know, played bar games and all of them were in clubhouse, uh, 51 games. So I called that same bar and I was like, Hey, I know this sounds super weird, but can I order one of your pizzas for takeout? <laughs> and they're like, sure, man. 
whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got like a six pack of beer and I bought like a, a pizza from the same bar and set up like darts. And we, we played virtual darts with the Joy-Con in our room, you know, and just kind of recreated our last date before lockdown. And it was Aww. so much fun. And this game will always have like, I'll always have a soft spot for clubhouse games just because of that. But aside from that, it's actually just a quality, like, you know, if you want to play some board games, it's a great way to do it. These are good versions of all 51 of these games. Um, Logan and I, uh, in the midst of lockdown, we had uh, a very quiet day at work one day. So I brought Clubhouse games, and we had an extended session of Ludo. Because every session of Ludo is extended, oh, by the God, way. Oh, God, yes. Um, but we were just having a blast, just throwing the dice, watching what happened, laughing at the fact that I could never get out of the start <laughs> like, for like 20 minutes. It was bad. Um, but also, like uh, like you said, darts. I think the motion control games are fun. This is just a really solid package. This this is the perfect I-don't-know-what-I-want-to-play game, to oh, be absolutely. honest. absolutely. Like, if you're there with a friend... Uh, typically one friend because this game doesn't do too well with three and four players. Yeah, uh, that uh, they need to work on that. Um, but if you guys don't know what you want to do, this is a great, a great just like random board game. Um, because it's so like non-committal. Like yeah. you just like you can play a few games and they're not that they're not that long. And uh, also, again, they're <laughs> it's a quality collection. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really great collection of games. I agree with Brandon though that it falls apart once you go beyond two players. Like I, I think yeah. it's something like it's like Clubhouse four games once you get to <laughs> once you get to four it's players. It's super limited. Yeah, and I wish Nintendo and there were games that logically could have had more than two players that just don't. Bowling. Uh yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Bowling is now a two person <laughs> game, apparently. Um so yeah, just a lot of weird choices that they made, but overall, like you said it is still a really fun collection of games and if you're if you're hanging out with just one of your friends and you just don't know what the hell to play there's not a bad choice on that list really except for ludo if you don't have a lot of time <laughs> i i played a match i was recording it for the review with andre and jeff grubb and it was like a 45 minute game even though i never got out of like jail <laughs> i was just i i was stuck the whole time it was ridiculous oh, so you didn't play you watched essentially basically yeah i mean i'd roll the dice but whatever <laughs> it didn't it never did me any good um surprisingly enough this is actually one of the three games on this list that i've actually touched this year how much have you played of it i think i've played it like a couple evenings um just kind of farting around with a couple of the different games i had a squad of four and I was really excited to try out some stuff. And then we played Sorry, and that was, I think, what, one, two, three options? Oh, yeah, Ludo. And it, like we've mentioned, it takes a literal eternity. Yeah. Uh, this game means a lot to me uh, from the perspective that I miss, um, I miss the Wii series games a lot. And I never thought that I would get to the point where I would be missing... You know, like Wii Sports and Wii Play, but I, I miss that more casual Nintendo experience. Uh, and this kind of hones in on that for me. Uh, I still would really like like a Switch Sports Resort or a Mii Sports Resort, but uh, this is as close as we've gotten to that, I think, since the Wii era died. Yeah, uh, that, that feels accurate. 
Uh, right after that, on June fifteenth, they, I think they shadow dropped this. This was a jump rope challenge. Yep. Um, which is just a rabbit, and you can do some jump rope. And they made it in quarantine. They were like, we just felt you needed some exercise, and they're right. And Speaking I definitely of. need more. <laughs> I I could use a little myself. Um, this was an interesting one. I've not played it at all. I but it's not even available now. It was an interesting foreshadowing of the rest of the year. <laughs> like Nintendo's like, hey, want to see a limited time game? And apparently that must have went really well because uh, we all know what happened later on. But I did. I I will admit, I I was like. I saw Wario 64 tweet out. He's like, this is the last day you can get jump rope challenge. And even though I didn't care about it at all, I was like, damn, I got to go grab the switch. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get this. And I have it because I did exactly that. But I'm like, why? Why do I have it? Am I ever going to play it? Maybe. But I also have I'd... Ring Fit, which I'm ignoring. So <laughs> I downloaded it and I'm, I'm like you. I never launched it. But there's a difference because I do have Ring Fit and I'd much rather hop into that to get some exercise than uh jump oh, no, rope I challenge. Mean, I do have ring fit. I just don't play ring fit either. <laughs> like I I literally told um like I moved in with my wife in in early March and I was like, "Oh man, mm-hmm. you know, I've been really into this game Ring Fit, you know, it's it helps you work out." And I I that was the last time I talked about it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, maybe someday I'll I'll actually break it out cuz I keep telling myself like, "Oh man, you need to you need to do something about your whole situation and ring fit <laughs> is the answer to those problems. But, uh, you know what? Pizza is a lot easier to eat than ring fit is to play. <laughs> you know what? I can sympathize with that. Uh, I've put a fair amount of time into ring fit adventure. I do think it uh, is a great way to work out and it's also a fun game. So like I would implore you at some point to, to give it a shot. Well, we uh, all know you're the squat God. I am. For for a very, very brief time, I was the number 13th ranked squatter on Ring Fit Adventure in my birth year. And that's what spawned the squat god name, because I've never felt that incredible in my life. Wow. <laughs> How about the I squat could... god rap that never got released? We, we recorded it, but it never got released. I feel like that needs to drop right now. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it'll happen. Squat God rap, hashtag Squat God rap. We're we're not um we're not promising a good rap, but we're promising a rap, I guess. Um, Excellent. So uh, there's a, a couple other releases here, like Shakedown Hawaii, SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, has anyone Game here played year. any of those? I so THQ sent me like their. SpongeBob SquarePants, like super, what's it called? Like shiny edition or, or whatever the really expensive Rehydrated one was. edition? Yeah. Something. Something. The the like $200 one or, or whatever it was. And I opened it up and it was neat. I was like, oh, SpongeBob figures. Like, these are cool. Um, and then I put the game in and I was like, yep, this isn't going to sell very well at all. <laughs> uh, this is a no good, very bad game. <laughs> it... <laughs> First off, I have I did not play the original SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. I did um, not either. I was I was not of the age where I was interested in SpongeBob, but I can appreciate that people like things I don't like. That's fine. Um, and I decided to put it in just to try it out. And from what I heard, I had to go back to people who like this game and be like, "What the hell? 
they is exist. wrong with the the rehydrated and people universally told me that the rehydrated version is just bad and it is not indicative of the quality of the original which i have to say i really hope so because i, I mean this felt like an unreal engine fan game to me Ooh. yeah like yeah, you know when you you play like the the oh man uh castle town recreated an unreal engine 4 and it looks really good but then and IGN like, always does, posts about it. Yeah. Please stop. Why does Link feel like he's running on ice? <laughs> like, why, why does every single movement feel wrong? Why does he also look like a goblin? <laughs> that too. Like, man, they're like, man, I picked up the best Link model off of Steam Workshop, guys, and I just dropped it in here. Um, Sansi yeah, in the chat I, says, uh, Hydrated isn't as good as the original, but he still had fun with it. But it feels really cheap. Uh, okay, it has a yeah, major then, Nintendo hire this man vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love when people say that they're like look at this link is ray traced you have to hire this person now <laughs> i mean don't uh, get me wrong i i want like a 4k uber realistic zelda at some point in time but uh, oh, i also too. don't want to trade in my switch for it so see you in eight years <laughs> the thing with like battle for bikini bottom and i i i didn't want to like rain on anybody's parade but i when this was first announced I got just a ton of bad vibes from it. Uh, subscribe to GVG. Um, <laughs> we own vibes here. <laughs> and uh, I just could tell that it was not going to turn out. I don't know what it was about it. Maybe it was that uh, Nintendo hire this man vibe. But uh, there was just nothing about it that looked good to me. And this is as someone who wanted to play the original and never got an opportunity to. Oh, wow. And I, I know one of the aspects that people dislike, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Santi, since you've played, uh, is that this is a really popular speedrun game, and I don't know that all of the aspects of the speedrunning community and the techniques and tricks that they use translated to the rehydrated version, and like that's the reason this game gets talked about for the most part these days, is that it has a really lively speedrunning community around it. Um, and if that's all, if that's the entire demographic talking about your game, you should probably appeal to them. <laughs> but, you, you know, think. I'm no genius. Uh, moving on, where did my tab go? Uh, Santi also says they brought a lot of the tech, but also cut, cut a lot out. Uh, this next game I absolutely adored, but I know is quite, <laughs> quite divisive amongst fans. Paper Mario the Origami King. Uh, Steve, have you played this? A little. Um, I I slept on this because I had only recently played my very first like Paper Mario game to completion in the Thousand Year Door for Game Explains first like season of Game Club. Oh right, yes. And I liked that a lot. Like I had fun with that. Um, I was surprised. I did not expect to enjoy myself playing that. And I mean, schedules being what they are, and it it being a lot of game to play while also playing a different game. Cause I was reviewing the last of us part two at the same time. Um, mm. It was definitely like a back breaking amount of work to play a, a ludicrously long Mario RPG and a triple a you know, contemporary game, but totally um, I had a lot of fun with it and I was cautiously optimistic about origami King seeing it. I was like, well, it looks beautiful and it, it definitely looks like a game I want to try but I don't know that I care enough to, you know, go out and pre-order. And uh, so I asked 
I want to say Derek and Andre were playing it for Game Explain at the time. And so I just asked them, I was like, hey, guys, you know, you, you know my history. Do you think I should go out and buy this? And both of them were like, no, don't don't waste your time. And so I kind of just put it like on my wish list and figured, oh, you know, it's it's not a mainline Mario. It'll eventually go on sale. Um, but my birthday was a month later and my friend just picked it up for me. And he's like, hey, here you go. And nice. I continued to ignore it. <laughs> um, but I had it on my Switch now. I had a digital copy. I was, you know, was sitting there on the home screen taunting me, but I had other stuff to do. And uh, my wife and I had to go to a wedding. Like her best friend from, you know, her childhood best friend was getting married. And being uh, the odd man out, I wasn't like involved in the wedding or, or anything. I was just the sure. plus one. So that meant a lot of time alone in the hotel room. So I was like, oh, well, Origami King. It's your time. <laughs> and so I played a lot of it on a hotel room TV in Michigan. Not the best way to play it. Um, and I really liked what I played, but it also never got its hooks into me either. Like when we left Michigan, I was like, see you again someday, Mario. Like, it I will, stayed I will, Michigan. Yeah. What's, what happened in Michigan stayed in Michigan. And so <laughs> I don't know that I'm, I'm not itching to go back and, and continue the story. But I'm also not against it in any way. Like, I think I just need, like, a breather from the day-to-day of playing games for other reasons. And then, you know, to to sit down and there's also just, I feel the sense that I've got to devote, like, more time to this than I would most other games. Like, it's not easily, like, digestible in small chunks the way other Switch games are. Like, right now I'm hopping in and out of Hades, like, trying to see how I feel about that before the game awards. And I feel like I can, I can drop (laughs) Hades, you know, and and just walk away and then come back like a day later. And and I'm right. You know, I don't need like a, I don't need to recalibrate. I also don't need to set aside hours. I can set aside 20 minutes to play some Hades and then leave. Uh, Whereas with origami King, I'm like, am I going to make any meaningful progress in the next 20 minutes? Probably not. So I just won't try. Um, That being said, beautiful game, great soundtrack. Battle system is way more fun than I expected based on what other people told me before I played it. Um, I think it gets a bad rap because I'm in yeah. agreement. I think the battle system is really fun. Yeah, uh, I Logan, like this mini puzzle aspect to it of like lining up your attacks and making sure you have the right cadence to those attacks. For sure. Uh, Logan, I know that you have been a little bit more critical of specifically like color splash than I was. Um, but you also finished this game, and I kind of wanted to to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, like, I tapped out of the last few Paper Mario. So, like, I have... Now, I've actually never beaten um, Thousand Year Door. I'm actually on the final boss. You're if there. To. You're right I there. I know. I think I didn't level up properly, and now it's just, like, a, a struggle, right? I could probably do it, like, literally in, in, like, in less than an hour, though. Um but yeah, like, and then I played Super Paper Mario afterwards, but then like Sticker Star came out, and I I don't think I had a 3DS at the time, and I have a 3DS now, but now I'm just like, I know that it's like completely devoid of any personality, uh, and then also like they took out like some of the most fun parts of like the basic battle system, right? Uh, and then Color Splash seemed like a step like a little in the right direction, but it still seemed really generic. Uh, and so to see Origami King happen, I was actually really excited. They changed up the battle system. Uh, I'm a big puzzler. I love puzzles. So the battle system was like really, really like 
oh my gosh, like, this looks like a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun, uh, especially when you get it, like, right. Like, you can still beat the battles if you don't get, like, the exact, like, solution uh, for any given, like, uh, turn. Um, but, you know, just a really satisfying battle system. Uh, and then I think they did well, uh, you know, making it like interesting and not super generic, uh, given some of like the limitations uh, that like Nintendo put on it post yeah. like Super Paper Mario, which I'm still aggravated about. Right. <laughs> it's still like, uh, why are you limiting them in this way? Uh, though with the limitations, like, okay, so like, here's the bubble you have to work in, uh, like, you know, color splash and, um, and sticker star only like, you know, filled up so much of that bubble. Uh, whereas I felt like origami King was like actively trying to get out, you know, yeah. like it was trapped. Uh, but it was, uh, to its credit, I feel like that it made what it did like a little more dense, like in a positive way. Um, and again, like I finished the game, like the amount of games I actually sit around and I actually finish like from start to finish, uh, in like a reasonable amount of time, uh, is like, well, well, well under 50%, probably under 25%. I have so many like unfinished games and I keep buying more games and I'm like, no, no, Logan, you got to finish the games that you have. Uh, <laughs> but I never actually do it. But I mean, again, big paper Mario fan. And I'm, it's, it feels good to have like a new paper Mario game that I felt like I enjoyed, uh, from beginning to end, you know, but not without my minor like critiques and, and whatnot. And obviously I would love, um, you know, that classic weird, like paper Mario RPG stuff. Like, Oh, I've never seen this creature in the Mario world in my life. That's what I want out of paper Mario. Ultimately not a state, uh, but or yeah. Um, <laughs> but origami King is, is, is fantastic for what it is. Uh, so moving on to super Mario 3d all-stars, Paul, I'm going to throw this in your corner. Because it's one of like the three games I've played, I appreciate absolutely. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, I targeted it's three you. three games that you've played. Actually, yeah, it's the of the three. It's one I've actually played the most too. So, I got that going for me. Uh, so far, I've touched all three, but the only one that I really like put time into was Sunshine, because I think that was the one that I was just kind of like jonesing for the most. Sure. But uh, yeah, I heard your opinions of Sunshine have changed a little bit. Yeah, it uh, didn't hold up as well as I remember it. <laughs> and I knew that man. was the case. Like I played it like a little bit, uh, probably like three or four years ago. And so like I knew it wasn't perfect, but uh, yeah, trying to like go through and complete it. I forgot how many blue coins there were that. Why oh, are there so, so many blue coins? <laughs> Wait, are you trying to 100% it? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. Like, you I know, have the Sunshine... guys, so I know how to, like, find them all, but, like, I just don't want to. Sunshine, I think, is easier to uh, to look at now that's got a fresh, clean HD coat of paint. And, man, the seams really show in this uh in this The problem re I have with it is that there was so much potential there. Like, it's such a fun environment. Yeah. And they're, like... Flood mechanics are so great and satisfying when they're done well. They just need to be done well more. 
Uh, this game. See, <sighs> oh, go ahead, Logan. Oh, so of the three games, like Sunshine was actually initially the one I was most excited to jump into because I didn't really play it on the GameCube. I never really got a chance to experience Sunshine. And I was very, and then it ended up being the one I I I struggled through the most, uh, and the one I'm least excited to go back to. Uh, I still want to beat it, right? I don't. I was. I don't want a hundred percent it by any means, right? Good I even bother. found. <laughs> I even found the pachinko level, right? And I love making jokes about the pachinko level. I tried playing the pachinko level, and I was like, "No, I'm done. I'm hopping out." I I plan to never, never finish the pachinko level. It took me I two just, tries. I will not do it. I won't steep to. I won't stoop to that level. I just won't. Watching my wife do the Plachinko level was the funniest thing to me. <laughs> wow. She was so frustrated and just like would yell at the TV constantly. I I had it's, to edit. It's the highlight of the game for me. It's watching I had to <laughs> I had to edit Andre's uh highlights of him playing the Pachinko level and uh Oof. Man, it's uh it's a bad time. <laughs> If you're playing Sunshine, just don't even try that level or, or the uh, the Red Coin River level, if you ask me. Both garbage levels. Oh, uh, yeah. I made the mistake of exiting out of it. And oh, then I didn't takes... realize you have to go all the way back through around to get there. The problem oh, with that man. level is the fact that you have to bring Yoshi all the way to that isolated island. And it takes so long. And then uh, if you get a game over or if you exit the level like you did, Paul, then you then you have to look and see that you have to do that all over again. It's mm-hmm. like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah, no kidding. I following following games media made Super Mario 3D All Stars way more disappointing than it should have been. Yeah, because yeah. all the rumors were saying like we're not getting you know just roms with minor improvements we're getting remakes you know like super mario 64 is getting a remake and then you know the the nintendo leaks happened and so we got this amazing looking 60 fps 4k port of super mario 64 (laughs) with improved assets and all this other good stuff like a month before 3d all-stars came out and so expectations for the eventual reveal and release of this thing were sky high like way higher than they should have been yeah but then nintendo's like hey we didn't even add widescreen support to mario 64 you're welcome (laughs) it's also full price like i mean it stung and i remember looking at it and being like well you know what these are still three incredible games like these are some of the best games ever made in my opinion and so i was like fine i'll give you your 60 bucks and i had not played sunshine since 2002 I had just, you know, played oh, it and man. left it in the rear view. And my opinion of it was way higher than it should have been. Like, I went back. So I've beaten uh, 64 in Sunshine. It took me, like, two days to beat 64. I was just, like, tearing through it, loving every second of it. I didn't care that it was just an N64 emulator, you know, playing a ROM on my Switch. I just played through the whole game, devoured it. And then I was like, oh, man, can't wait for Sunshine. Like, I, I remember how much I liked this game on the, you know, 18 years ago. And oh no, that game is so bad. <laughs> it's like, not a good time. I, I remember just being like, oh man, I remember how hyped I was. I remember getting it home from GameStop. I remember gleefully playing this thing. And then I played it as a as an adult and I was like, why did I ever like this? It's like finding out your favorite fruit food from when you were a kid is like made out of 
compressed cat meat or something. Like it was just <laughs> abysmal. And I was I I still suffered through it so that I could get to Galaxy, but I was so fatigued from beating Sunshine that I was just like, <laughs> I don't even want to play Galaxy. I'm just tired. <laughs> like, I I mean, I remember just being confounded like when the hell do i get to fight bowser i've played every level and then i was like oh i need to get way more shines in like every level i have to get all the normal shines to go fight bowser or whatever it was like all the numbered shines i was like this is a, it, this is terrible it, i hate it this. also culminates in like the worst final boss i could have i know thought of. like bowser's trying to take a bath and you're like oh, i'm gonna come here and ruin you and your kid like why mario like He's not really messing with you. It was his, he's just it, vibing. Yeah, it, it was, was his kid's jerk fault. kid that that did all this, and you're like, well, I'm gonna go screw up your dad real bad <laughs> because I'm Mario and I am a being that runs on pure spite. Apparently, <laughs> I mean that is the ultimate way to get back at someone. Beat up his dad right in front of him <laughs> that, <laughs> while he's true. taking a bath. <laughs> it is it is kind of a power move. I, I don't know if it's a power move like assaulting someone's dad in the bath. I mean, there's, there's a weirdly sexual energy that comes with assaulting a naked man and his child that I don't want. I mean, well, it to is be Bowser, fair, though. Bowser's always naked. Well, that's true, too. So, like, every I, I time Mario beats him up, he's naked. <laughs> I'm very conflicted about a grown man who walks around naked and encourages his kid to do the same. I'm also <laughs> conflicted about assaulting said man in the bathtub. <laughs> at, least, at least Bowser Jr. is, you know, kind enough to wear a bib. <laughs> that that almost accentuates it though imagine if you went to work wearing a shirt and nothing else <laughs> everyone oh, would be like man. look brandon you know pick a lane and stay in it i mean <laughs> that was my lane man we can't this confirm isn't. that ollie like we can't confirm that he isn't only wearing a shirt right now so that's true I mean, I, I don't even know where we go from there. You haven't seen what's below, <laughs> and the you're not going to. Behind the curtains. Uh, oh. So the the next game is a uh, Pikmin Three Deluxe. Came out on October thirtieth. <laughs> I right. played the demo of this with my wife, um, and honestly, like that's the biggest thing about Pikmin Three Deluxe for me that makes it a, you know worth picking up again is the fact that they added co op. To the whole dang game. So, like, you can do the entire story mode. You can do the new prologue and epilogue with another person. And uh, the way they do it is really, really smart. So, like, when you and another, when you and your partner are, like, approaching an area that would, like, trigger a cutscene. Uh, so, like, the, the split screen actually shifts over to the person who triggered that. Uh, and then it eliminates oh. the cut uh, the the split screen, so you can see the cutscene. There's a lot of attention to detail in how the game handles the fact that there's two players. Uh, when you first start out, you only have one captain. So uh, if I'm player one, player two is also going to be Alf. We're both Alf, but their Alf is going to be invisible because clearly only one Alf can exist in this world. <laughs> and uh, and on their screen, their Alf is visible. And mine would be invisible. Uh, they they really took the time to flesh out the two players. So if you haven't played Pikmin three, and you're like me, and you get really really anxious having three captains all doing different things at the same time, having a second player really helps with that. So I'd highly nice. advise you pick this up if you're interested. Uh, yeah. Has anyone else played it? 
I mean, I played a little bit of the demo, and I mean, I, I adore, I adore Pikmin. I've beaten the first one. I played it as a kid. Didn't beat it until I was an adult. Uh, never Same. really played or finished the second one. Uh, I'd love for a re-release of the first and second one on the Switch. Um, and I would also just love to pick up Pikmin 3 uh, Deluxe at some point. Because, again, I have played a good chunk of the demo, uh, and it's really, it's really, really satisfying. I think this is now on my list of games to pick up, because I'm always looking for just a cute, fun game to play with my wife. And I honestly didn't know they added a co-op mode. Just how much I've been actually actually that's why I haven't bought it yet because I don't have a wife so I don't have a co-op partner <laughs> well I mean you could you could open a tinder account and just say looking for a plus one for Pikmin right <laughs> I bet Pikmin it would work you know, okay so tinder is uh, a, a nightmare uh, but I am talking to a few people through Tinder right now, so maybe I'll just like spring hey, the question. I met, uh, but I'll have, to, I'll have to say, I'll have to say like, hey, once this pandemic is over, you, want you know, you want to come over and play Pikmin? <laughs> it's gonna work. Uh, I, I met my wife on Tinder, believe it or not. So oh, weirder okay. things have happened. You could, I, I mean, I didn't open with a want to play Pikmin line, but you know, I mean. <laughs> Probably no, no, no. Something. That's a that's like a second day messaging kind of you know <laughs> oh, proposition. Okay. Now that we've broken twenty four hours, Pikmin. <laughs> let's talk about plant people. Um, I have played through about ninety five percent of Pikmin three on the Wii U. Um, okay. And the only reason why I didn't finish it was my my then partner like picked up my save and finished it for me. Um, Ooh. Which that's, yeah, that's so a, mean. It's a cardinal. Sin. I see that's why, why it was then partner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had to have a performance review right after that. Um, so the I I my my wife, however, like is in love with plants. She she has plants all over the house and everything. And so when I saw Pikmin Three Deluxe was coming out, I was like, I know who this is for. And <laughs> I had her sit down and play the demo because I've already you know I already know that I like this game, and she is absolutely in love with it. And it's the first Switch game since Animal Crossing that she's been like, yeah, we need to buy that. So maybe there's like a gift giving holiday coming or something that I can purchase it for. Uh, so we don't own it yet, but I already know I'm going to absolutely love it when we have it. Uh, just cause it's not that different. It, it's an improved version of a game. I already like, and there's a, there's a lot of content in there between like the bingo battle stuff, the side missions, the DLC missions that are in this version. And then the new prologue and, and epilogue, Logan, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at the fact that we're following this list. We're in 2020, talking about Nintendo 2020, and we completely skipped over Animal Crossing. Oh my god. I was wondering why that wasn't on the list, and I was trying to like debate like, myself. Um, was that 2020? Of yeah. all these games, I have played Animal Crossing more than all of them combined. Why isn't it on the timeline? <laughs> I don't know. No it's one releases. It's on the, on the page. It's like the yeah. first thing that's mentioned. That's we'll we'll swing around we'll, to that here in a bit. We'll save it for last. Save it for last. Uh, so moving on from Pikmin three, uh, <laughs> this is among my favorite games of the year, and there are a lot of favorite games of the year. Just Dance twenty twenty one. You're right on it, Paul. Uh, <laughs> and that's Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. Yes, uh, I one hundred percented this game in six days. And wow. I basically didn't sleep. 
Uh, Steve invited me on to TNT, and I had to decline the first night because I had not slept by the, <laughs> <laughs> because I had been playing this game so much. Um, I never thought I would like this game as much as I do. Uh, and I'm not like a Musou guy. I've played Hyrule Warriors. I bought it again on Switch, and I played through the entire game a second time. But this game just strikes all chords for me. The The combat is so much more refined. Um, and the fact that it's just... It it takes Breath of the Wild and gives us another glimpse into that world. A glimpse that we haven't gotten to see yet. Uh, oh, so I, I, I have the highest of praise. <laughs> I have so many thoughts to unpack about this game. I'm going to explode. So I want everyone but me to talk. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many people here have played. I'm playing I mean, it with I my wife. It. Yep, um, I've I I played through the whole of the demo, uh, and then I've played a few hours uh, after that. You know, and I haven't stopped playing it, but I just I'm not that far into it. I run into no. the issue that my wife loves Zelda. She has a little shrine in her living room, so I'm not allowed to play it without her. <laughs> so you're just and, like uh, stuck in this limbo. <laughs> and the co-op mode just does not like the frame rate. It's really bad. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, so it's, it's, so it's kind of hard for me to like want to sit down and like keep pushing through it. Every time we do, we have a lot of fun and like I love how they're using the Breath of the Wild world because it's a really great place to be in. But I was fortunate because like I was gonna play through through this game with my wife and uh, we played the first couple missions and then she turned to me and said, "Would you rather play this by yourself so the performance is better?" And I said. Yes, thank you yes. for this gift. <laughs> so I then proceeded to play the rest of the game alone. She watched because she wanted to. She wanted to see the story beats. Um, but Steve, I'm gonna let your bubble pop. Go for it. Oh, oh my God! Finally, okay. <laughs> so I have. I like this game. Let me. Let me. Let me. But I have to separate it into two separate means of evaluation. Go for because it. Because there is there is the mechanical portion of this game, which I, I am wholly in love with. Um, aside frame rate issues notwithstanding, the frame rate is terrible. It is just really, downright really bad. bad and awful, and they shouldn't have tried to shoehorn in playing as the Divine Beasts because it runs like a slideshow when you do. Um, the, But then there's the narrative portion, and that is a huge... like It is, it is the singular thing that holds this game back from being game of the year material to me. You, and it is astounding to me that they managed to like mess this up that, that, that they managed to, I have to imagine that there had to be like a conversation at Koei Tecmo headquarters where they were like, please Aonuma, let us use the story you already wrote. And he's like, no, I'm saving it. <laughs> you can't have that. <laughs> you can't have this. And he's like stroking a cat for some reason. <laughs> I will not let you. And, Cause it doesn't make sense like you had this story handed to you that could have been one of the best stories ever told in all of gaming and they're like but what if we introduced a time traveling egg <laughs> like why yeah that's why? the time traveling egg in the room i uh, <laughs> i love uh what's it what's his real name uh Taraco. we're not gonna share that <laughs> oh sorry 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 i didn't know <laughs> is is there a spoiler in the egg name uh, well, I guess not, but 
also we'll just try to tread carefully. <laughs> right, Kevin. Right. So, it's so Kevin trying to avoid now. trying to avoid spoilers, we all know that there's time travel-y stuff. If you've played the demo or the opening ten minutes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from that moment I was like, oh no. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Sweet child, what are you doing? <laughs> like I I I desperately wanted to see like it's hard without discussing it, but let's just say if you've played Breath of the Wild, you have a good idea of what happened 100 years ago, the major moments. Right. And I would say that from the very beginning, they, they kind of start planting the seeds of, no, this this ain't that. <laughs> no, uh, things are going to play out a little bit differently than you might remember. Right. I How I feel about this is that I feel the same way certain types did about final fantasy 7 remake when they were like this is unfaithful and shaking their fist to the heavens you know that's kind of where my mind was at yeah yeah and it's it's upsetting to me because you know at least in the case of final fantasy 7 remake i could be like well you have final fantasy 7 you can go play that i don't have my my original you know breath of the wild but 100 years ago to to refer to um so I, I have to wonder what leaves me puzzled, and I and, and we won't know for God knows how long until Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. Like, is this canon? <laughs> is it not? Like, where does this leave the Breath of the Wild universe? Uh, and But I, I still think if you just gave me the major story beats that we saw in Link's memories from Breath of the Wild 1 and put a Musou game around those... <laughs> it would have been one of the best games I've ever played because you would have taken some pretty good mechanical stuff and some incredible story stuff and merged them. And I probably would, would be screaming that this is the best game I've played in all of 2020. That being said, breath of the wild is a good game, maybe even a great game, but it it just doesn't quite reach those heights that I know it could you mean yeah. Hyrule Warriors? <laughs> you said I'm Breath sorry. of the Wild. Oh, sorry. Breath of the Wild is, is way up there. That's a life-changing <laughs> game. But I think Age of Calamity could, could is a good game, possibly great, but doesn't quite reach that like upper echelon of like the best games on the Switch for me because the narrative doesn't boost the you know, like the narrative kind of falls flat for me. So I fall on the other side of the spectrum of uh, for this, but without like being able to go into details, we can't like discuss it super hard. Um, but I I consider this as a companion a companion piece without like living in the exact world that we know it comes from. Um, and good on the game for setting the precedent from the very beginning and not leaving us, you know, with some kind of shock value twist halfway through that hey there's time travel involved um yeah i think i think for me i was hoping like i was holding out hope that the twist would be like oh snap the timeline still goes the way you thought it would like to me that would have been like yes like still give me you know what i'm hoping for is like a breath of the wild die hard um but yeah i mean i mean it does work incredibly well as a companion piece it's still just kind of I don't know. <laughs> I, I I think that, you know, I without going into spoilers, I think there's another way this could have played out that would have that would have taken this game from an eight to a ten. I'm I'm hopeful and given uh 
that I've 100%ed the game and there is an obvious hole in a certain area of content, I do think there's DLC on the way. And the hopeful part of me is that that, that DLC will fill the role that we initially thought the game was going to fill. Oh, man. Um, so I, I'm hopeful for that. Uh, you and I are going to sit down and talk about this story on another occasion uh, when yes. everyone in the room has finished it. Um, but moving on from Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, we forgot about quite possibly one of the most prolific games of 2020 you know, being Animal Crossing. <laughs> I was about to say the, the biggest Nintendo game by a large margin for Absolutely. 2020. I mean, uh, it's the second best selling game on the Switch. Which Probably is saying a lot. First too, yeah. Yeah, it's gaining on Mario Kart. Um, Paul, I actually want to start with you because you were I've not also an Animal Crossing this. fan. Oh, there's <laughs> that too. So the only experience I've had with Animal Crossing before New Horizons was City Folk, which I've heard maybe wasn't the best Animal Crossing experience to. It's uh, the start worst with. one. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst one. So safe to say, my opinions going into it weren't, uh, or my expectations weren't sky high because I from city folk. I, I just kind of imagined that I just wasn't animal crossing type person, but, oh, uh, wow. ended up loving new horizons. It, if you have an animal or a good animal crossing game in front of me, I might actually enjoy it. And I didn't think that it'd be something that would like resonate with me because, uh, I don't really have a lot of time to sit down and play games, which is why I haven't played most of the list. But uh, this one hooked me. It hooked me hard. I, it's rare that I put as many hours as I did into Animal Crossing into, like, any game. Yeah, that's especially, saying a lot. Especially considering I was working, like, 50, 60-hour weeks when this game launched. I remember and the day like that you... Weeks. I remember the day you messaged me and you said, I caught the bug. And I was like, heck yeah, you caught the bug. I was waiting for it. Because mm -hmm. uh, I'm also not, like... Previously, I wasn't the biggest Animal Crossing guy. I played like 50, 60 hours of Animal Crossing New Leaf, and that was the first time I really started to enjoy the series. But then I put over 200 hours into Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, this game's really good. I love it. And it came at quite possibly the most instrumentally important time it ever could have launched. It's like they yeah. knew. Let's sell some Switches. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> If Nintendo knew, uh, we're going to be having a different conversation in the future. Um, and Logan, you're the resident Animal Crossing fan, so I want to hear your thoughts real quick. Yeah, so I I played the original on the GameCube, played the heck out of that. Played Wild World on my DS, played the heck out of that. Uh, we had City Folk on, um, on the Wii. But you don't and, talk about uh, that. It was just a lot of more of the same. It didn't really expand on much, right? It was like, eh. But New Horizons uh, does. Well, yeah. And then New Leaf came it's along, and they were like, let's add a bunch of stuff, and New Leaf's great. Uh, but New Horizons, just next level, next level stuff right there, right? Uh, all of a sudden, you can just put everything on your island you don't have to like do a bunch of like public works projects and then have it there permanently and then or have to go through this whole thing to destroy it or whatever um just design your island place everything you want on it you can uh, have a I neighborhood 
I booted up my Switch to check how many hours I have in it. I have 350 hours uh, in Animal Crossing New Horizons, and I'm not done. I'm not done. I like, I like, you know, I've I've mentioned this to y'all before, but like I had one goal in mind when I started my journey and that was a specific design for my rivers. And I finally, finally finished that design. And now everything outside of it, it's like, okay, what do I do with all this space? And so I'm still in limbo with my Island after 350 hours. I haven't gotten bored. There's still money to, 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 there's still things to spend money on, which is a huge issue in like some of the older games. It's like, okay, well I spent all my money on all my upgrades for my house. And now I have all this money but like hardly anything to spend it on um i i think i maybe maybe have half of the recipes at this point right (laughs) and so for somebody like me who like really enjoys these games that's the bread and butter it's like oh my gosh there's still collectible things to do right and there's still oh my gosh i can still customize my island and even when i get done with something about my island i usually want to change it later you know, I don't understand the people who like go hard in like the first like week or two and they finish their island and they're like, I did it. I'm done. And I'm like, how boring when I can go back to this game just every once in a while. Usually like I can maybe like play half an hour a day and just be done with it and be fine with it. It's just like, an, uh, you know, for me, it's a, it's like an evergreen title. Maybe, maybe there will be a point where I'll feel like I'm finished you know, and then maybe I've achieved most of the nook miles and collected most of the things. Uh, but if that's the case, I'm not going to be there for a really long time. This is like the dream. This is the dream animal crossing game. The one thing I wish they had more of was things that are more interactive, right? The thing I miss most about the very first animal crossing game is collecting the nes games it's like one of my favorite things about those because all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh these like hidden collectibles in these games and then you would have to find each one right so like i just remember like having my main room in my house in the original game with a like a a tv and then like 15 nes's around it (laughs) so i can just play them um but yeah easily easily my game of the year that's what i voted for for the game awards for game of the year i was like this is my game of the year because i i love the heck out of this game uh where does it fall for you steve well <laughs> i think <laughs> almost almost nine hundred thousand people have watched my review of animal crossing um so my feelings are pretty well known it's uh i love this game i got it i want to say nintendo sent it to me almost three weeks before it came out Oh, wow. And in that time, I logged about 120 hours playing it, um, and it was just nonstop. And I was—I remember uh, really feeling like people needed this game. Like this was a moment that probably will never be recreated. Uh, hopefully, will never be recreated is what I should say. Yeah. Um, and I remember making putting together the review and putting so much care into it. One of <laughs> my, my only successful video that Brandon didn't edit for me uh, because I, I <laughs> insisted on doing it myself. I had a very specific way. I wanted this review to come together. And um, usually when I, when I ask Brandon to work on a video with me, like I just give him like a general, here's what the video is about. Bye. And just cause I, I trust him to, you know, do what he does best. Why but, does everybody do that? <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I feel like it's really screwed up to tell someone who's a who's a professional at something like here. Here's me, the hiring person, telling you exactly what I want and how to do it. Like, if I know exactly how to do it, then why am I asking someone for their help? But um, you know, in Thank the case of Animal Crossing, me. I kind of knew shot for shot what I wanted, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of knew how I wanted you know music to sync up with what I was saying. And I remember, you know, like. I remember thinking, you know, being being one of the few people playing this game, like before it was out, thinking like, I can't wait till people get this game. I can't wait until people I can share this with people. I can share my excitement about this with people. And I no joke uh, when I when I watched my review back, I watched it back before I published it on Game Explain. I teared up a little bit like i was like so happy for people that were going to play this game that i started to cry a little and people you know reached out to me on twitter or even in the comments and they were like hey you know like watching this made me so happy like you know i started to tear up when i was watching your review and nintendo like posted quotes from my review as like the big headline quote in an ad which i don't think they've ever done for game explain before so for me professionally and personally it was like a really big moment uh to get to be involved in in the review process for this game and my sister even like uh somewhere i it's somewhere in my house she she stitched me like a little animal crossing house and framed it and it said like home sweet home and she framed the uh, on the back she like framed the thumbnail for the review like when it was just over five hundred thousand views and oh. it, it meant a lot to me but animal crossing and i talked about this last night on today's news tonight um i think in a in a fair world in a just and fair award system which award systems are inherently flawed and will never be fair but in a fair awarding system animal crossing would win game of the year because when you think about gaming in the year 2020 what game did more for uh furthering gaming as a medium than animal crossing think about all the people you've probably heard of and and i don't know your personal experiences but i guarantee each one of you has probably heard of somebody who bought a switch just to play animal crossing who my mother-in-law yeah my my mom my dad both bought switches to play animal crossing on i've played i've played multiplayer games with my mom for the first time in my life i've been doing this for 38 years she has bought me (laughs) games for 33 of those years and she never once was like hey let me play that with you until animal crossing that is huge. That is wow. huge that somebody who has been who who has a son who runs a gaming outlet, who who has a son who has worked at all the major gaming outlets that are out there, um, never once thought like, man, I should play a game with him until she bought until Animal Crossing came out. So it is a hugely influential game. It's emblematic of the way the world has been. And it's something that absolutely deserves like the highest recognition you can give this year. But The Last of Us Part Two is going to win. <laughs> um that's that's a whole other thing but yeah i think animal crossing for me if you want my personal history i played it on the friggin n64 so like i imported the japanese n64 version then picked up the gamecube version then played city folk you know like so (laughs) i've i've played a lot of animal crossing in my life and um but i will say that uh you know as logan kind of alluded to it started to feel a bit less fresh you know like it started to feel like we were starting to retread things and new horizons just takes all like shakes up the formula just enough to make it feel completely new like you drop in 
And and it's a game that becomes progressively more familiar, which is something Nintendo's not great at. Taking a game, making it feel foreign, and then the more you play it, making it feel more familiar. And yeah. that's one of the things I love. Like I love that now when I log in, it looks like an Animal Crossing game. But when I my first day playing, I was just in the dirt with Tom Nook in a tent. Like <laughs> where the hell is everything? But now I've got like Gundams and dinosaurs and all kinds of crazy stuff all over my island, and it's just my perfect little haven. And um, just like Logan mentioned, like I always get the bug to tinker. Like I I end up just you know, being like, well, I want to change that one thing. And then that turns into like, well, now that I've changed that, this other thing on my island needs to change now too, because it doesn't feel right. And you, you endlessly tinker. Um, but I do have to offer one criticism and that is the island designer could be so much better. I mean, like what I love how they changed how you decorate, like your interior decorating kind of more in line with happy home designer. I want something like that for, terraforming for my island like i don't want to break out my shovel and go through one animation two animation three animation (laughs) like it is tedium i i really really want to just have my have you know undock my switch grab a stylus see my map on my touch screen and just draw things in as i want them look at it and be like uh that's not good and, and and endlessly do that like i could spend days doing it that way but sometimes when i I will go to my island and think, okay, I want to move this river. And I'm like, God, that's, that's a lot of work though. I'm going to, I'm going to have to sit down and, and wait until I, I have the energy to do this. I think that's why it took me so long to like finish my rivers. Cause they, again, it was so tedious. And then I had to like plan it out and like hack away at it until it was just right. You know? Um, yeah. Every time there's like, um, like a, a river sculpting project or, or an earth moving project. It's like, uh, okay, do I want to do this today? Do I want to <laughs> do this today? I mean, yeah. I spent probably an entire week terraforming my, my entire Island because I had, uh, there was this Island designer tool, uh, online that just lets you kind of point and click some stuff on a generic, like animal crossing map. And I did that to just kind of like, uh, scope out generally what I wanted my island to look like, and that involved terraforming my island in, into a three-stair step design, and that nice. took me an entire week to do, and you can ask my wife. I was just there, not paying attention, moving the stick, pressing the A button to keep digging. Oh, man. They, they really need to work on that, because I also, uh, like, I, I drew paths out first before I moved all of my houses, because I wanted to... Uh, to outline it and i had to like count the squares to make sure that when the house got built that the door was in the center of the path because if it wasn't in the center of the path i would get upset <laughs> there was one yep. house i had to move twice because i had it one square off to the left and i was so angry about it i actually just like <laughs> gave up because i did the same thing i had the path i like count out the squares and i wasn't thinking when I did move three of them. So that's one square to the right when it should have been to the left. Oh, no. Oh. It took me a week getting that just little neighborhood set up. And so I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. That's just... It's asymmetrical now. <laughs> Asymmetrical's beautiful. You know, it, it adds character. It's, it's, it's a classic <laughs> Animal Crossing village. Um, But yeah, I'm totally in agreement. I think this game... 
uh, was incredibly necessary for this year in a way that it wasn't aware of before it came out. <laughs> uh, we were very blessed to have it uh, when we did, because I think for us in here in Illinois, we went into shutdown the day after the game came out. It was literally the perfect timing, because... Uh, <laughs> Logan and I spent the previous day at work playing Animal Crossing at work, and then uh, the next day, we didn't go back to work, but we went back to work on our islands, and we <laughs> we worked on our islands for months. It's kind um, of like the Pokemon Go of the pandemic. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, uh, but I think Animal Crossing might have a stronger staying power in the public eye, maybe, than Pokemon Go did. Even though Pokemon Go is more successful than I think most people will give it credit for, yeah. uh, especially This is now. not the year for Pokemon Go, though. Right. This is the year of Luigi. I mean Animal Crossing. <laughs> um, but uh, that is a pretty pretty extensive breakdown of Nintendo's 2020. And huh. Steve, I'll, I'll start with you. I mean, how do you feel about this year? I think Nintendo played the right hand this year. Um you know, we it's kind of easy to forget now in December, but a lot of the news cycle was taken up with hype about the PS5 and the Series right. X and Cyberpunk. And, you know, Nintendo has never been really good at competing equally with, with big AAA games from crazy studios or, or new hardware. You know, Nintendo has been more of kind of like the trying to trying to kind of side channel people into doing their own thing and and you know swaying people at the right times with huge 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 releases like breath of the wild or a, a new mario or a new splatoon like and they they can't churn out one of those core franchises every year you know it, they're usually on like a two to three year cycle for for those right. major franchises so 2020 was going to be the year nintendo was on their back foot to begin with um but they managed to to sneak in some good stuff and they saved their their heavy hitters you know Animal Crossing coming out in March ended up being an unexpected, like perfect timing kind of event. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Age of Calamity comes in to kind of bring up the end of the year. But Animal Crossing, one of the things that we didn't mention that they've been really smart with is not loading it with all the holiday events from the get go. So you couldn't set your clock forward and play Toy Day. You know, like you still had to download an update. So, and that update just came out. So, yeah. um, you know, that's really smart move on Nintendo's part to kind of give us um, reasons to keep logging into Animal Crossing throughout the year. And then on top of that, you know, we have Age of Calamity, which if, if Animal Crossing wasn't your thing, there's your holiday game right there. Uh, so I, I think they did good with what little they had this year. Uh, it, was, it was a real, real well-played year strategically, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to 2021 when when hopefully we start to get the big hitters back out. Yeah, totally. And Paul, I know you haven't played a lot this year, but uh, what are you thinking? I mean, it's kind of... This wasn't the year of Nintendo in our household that kind of went to Sony, but... I mean, one of the biggest standouts from this year was Animal Crossing. It was something that me and my wife spent a significant portion of time playing. And when it like comes to thinking back to the uh, beginning of this mess of a year, it's kind of a staple in the back of my mind. So they at least won in a good portion of headspace for me. And I'd say and that for, makes it a pretty good year. And for you, Logan? 
Uh, you know, considering the circumstances, I think Nintendo did about as well as they could have. Um, they still had a, a good selection. Obviously, like, going back to Animal Crossing, like, Animal Crossing was my game of the year. It was the game that I just, I, I still am playing, right? I haven't put it down. Um, with a surprise drop with Paper Mario Origami King, it was just a wonderful little RPG RPG title. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a video game. It's a video game. Um, and then, you know, with the 3D All-Stars collection, everybody, you know, groped and moaned and all this other crap about it. Uh, but it's still, it's still 3D Mario. And they're still as good as they've ever been. Um, sunshine too. Um, and then you know we got we still we got some uh, we got Pikmin three. You know, it's a re-release, and um, again, like they they still managed to fill out the year with like a handful of titles that are are, are really solid um, and things that even if I haven't bought them yet. You know, I plan to get down the line. There's still a lot of these games that I still really want. Um, and, you know, they've even teased some stuff that I want for next year, even though we really don't know what next year is going to look like, uh, which is uh, also really exciting. So, yeah. Yeah, I think overall this was pretty good uh, for me, even though, uh, like Paul, uh, it's really the other platforms that occupied the majority of my headspace this year and i think that might be the first time in my entire history as a gamer that that might be true uh, i've always been a nintendo guy um but man have i played a lot of playstation this year um sony stuff podcast coming 2021 that might have to happen um but yeah i think given the circumstances this has been a pretty good year uh animal crossing especially at the beginning of the year uh really turned around uh those first few months of the pandemic where, you know, it probably would have hit a lot harder if we didn't have a new virtual routine that we could start with Animal Crossing. So I'm very blessed to have had that. Um, but I think that covers it for everything Nintendo stuff this week, or I guess in the case of this podcast, the last three months uh, since we've recorded. So I know we went a little bit long. So thank you for sticking with us if you're still here. Um and uh, before we wrap up, Steve, again, tell us where people can find you. All right. So you can find me over on my channel, which is, uh, I'm, I'm just going to give you our URL, good-vibes-gaming.com, because it's YouTube slash and a bunch of messy letters. We'll get that sorted out eventually. Um, also, if you'd like to support us, you can find you can find me over at patreon.com slash gvgaming. We want to toss us a buck or whatever. Uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, that gets you into our exclusive Discord, lets you see behind the scenes, lets you do all kinds of other cool stuff. And you get to hang out with Brandon sometimes because he's definitely in our Discord. So and occasionally on our show. So uh, that would be cool. Uh, if you if you want to check us out there, we appreciate anything, a like, a sub, a retweet, whatever you can do. Um, but that is the only place you can find my content. If you want to hear my bad opinions about everything, I'm on twitter.com slash Steve M bowling. Uh, that's just my name. Nothing fancy about it. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, you can find me at Merrill leaf underscore. I know that's not what it used to be, but after Roger space called me Baba Booey, I realized that my ad needed to change. <laughs> Baba Booey. Really? 
Yeah, he, he was trying to remember what it was on his stream, and that's what came out of his mouth. And I was like, you know what? It's time to change. Uh, you can follow Paul at Gunnysaurus, you can follow Logan at Loggy Doves, and you can follow us as a collective at Breakroom Arcade. We also have a Discord server. Uh, there's a link to that in the description below if you want to hang out with us. Um, I'm usually in there, so if you post something at 5 o'clock in the morning, there's a good chance I'm going to reply to you. Um, I'm usually dead, so... <laughs> hey, it happens. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Follow us on podcast sources to listen to this show really anywhere. It's available literally everywhere. So if you have a favorite podcast source, you can, you'll find us there. You can listen to us. No excuses. Um, yeah, we also have a Patreon. Um, if you want to help support us there, you'll get videos early, as well as a special role in the Discord server. Um, but until next time, we will be back next week talking about the Game Awards. Uh, but until then... Don't break your backs, break in the games, but for now, break time is over.